it's like the planet it's it's here we shouldn't we shouldn't have to pay for the it's free it's free is free yeah (laughs) air is free yeah but it's but it's but existing is free your house free all this should be free he's a secretary of state but he charged for snacks he didn't have to charge for snacks they were free that's ever that's everything here everything is free I'm Gabe. And I'm Kat. And we're the Google Google Snack Store. Talk about spooky stuff. Climate change Mm -hmm. and other things you should be upset about. Let's talk about climate change. Talk about ecological horror that is too real. Yeah, it's honestly, um, I feel like in the last few episodes we did, like, they were serious, but it's really hit in a different way for these, these two. Like, I feel like uh, the sense of urgency is very apparent in a very upsetting way. Yeah. Um, Here we are. Yeah. Because some of them can get really funny or it's just kind of like sad to look at the earth overall, you know, whereas this is like, no, the end is coming. (laughs) The end is nigh. Now we sound like apocalypse preppers. There's a timeline. (laughs) We're like, it's happening. There's a clock. yeah (laughs) it is inevitable we're dead everyone's dead we should all be freaking out which is appropriate for this final episode of our eco horror series uh for a funny film that wasn't originally in our lineup for uh the this series and Mm -hmm. then i saw that it was on there and i was like that's definitely like it's a meteor but it's about climate change like no part of me felt like it wasn't that um when i was watching the trailers so then i watched it while we were preparing for one of our other episodes and I was like, now we gotta do this. We have to. <laughs> I was like, yeah. the, the feelings watching it felt so honest <laughs> and like uh-huh. the frustration really speaks to me on a personal level. Um as someone who has a show that does this. So uh <laughs> since you're listening, we're Girls Next Door and we are the media literacy show from a horror lens where we explore the real life horrible influences behind our cinematic fears and this one is really real uh even like the actual like comet meteor thing that's coming like that part of it is even real so no part of this is a lie yeah (laughs) it's upsetting guys did you know that the like literally okay the world is ending and it has been ending and it's happening uh, but we can prevent it, so that's pretty cool. It's just like the method is going to be really probably a bad time for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It just means like everyone's going to have to get on board like immediately. Yeah. And from what this film and from what history has shown us, that's really not likely. Unless we do things like in the film. Um, because it's just so... <laughs> people are people right yeah yeah and like we're not on the news we're just in a youtube time 
slash podcast land. It's not even like we're on TV telling people this. Uh, we are, but we're on local television. Yes. <laughs> so the, the the message resonates slightly differently. And it's just... Yeah. Yeah, we're not Kelly Ripa on, yeah. you know, uh, Morning with Kelly and Ryan or whatever. Like we're mm-hmm. just Gabe and Kat on Ghouls Next Door. So it's, yeah, it's... It feels defeatist a lot of the time when you're exploring this, but I think it was a, it's a great film. So we're going to be talking about Don't Look Up, brand new film, uh, dark comedy, I would say. Netflix. Netflix. That's where you watch it. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like a lot of people have on there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Our energy levels are like this because we're slaves to capitalism and it's very sad. And here we are. We're, but we're awake and we're here and we're going to talk to you about some stuff. And I'm sure like when we get going, we'll be like, this is what's happening. We're hype. Yeah. Pay attention. All right. <laughs> so we are talking about Don't Look Up, uh, which is on Netflix, like Kat said. And it is from 2021, brand new. And it is about uh, two low-level astronomers must go on a giant media tour to warn mankind of an approaching comet that will destroy planet Earth. And it is directed by Adam McKay. Um, and it's it's really interesting, the film, just like stepping outside of just the film itself is like the reception of the film. So this film got a lot of, interestingly enough, got a lot of bad reviews from like yeah. critics and like people who think they know what regular people want or care about. Um <laughs> She's throwing shade here already. Um, And uh, and I find that hilarious because everyone I've talked to or like people that I trust more than I would trust, like some random critic, uh, really enjoyed it and said amazing things about like what they felt watching it, because there's just like a frustration. And I think specifically with our generation and maybe lower or like and younger probably have similar like aggravation to the rest of America. So (laughs) in the world, honestly. So I, I think we're going to interpret it and have this kind of connection to it that other generations just aren't going to have. And I think like those critics are just out of touch. Um, And it's also not really surprising to me that there was this split review for this film. Cause I was thinking like similar to the hunt, uh, which we covered uh, yeah. a while ago uh that film was famous for being canceled before it even was out before it premiered and happened to be specifically about that cancel culture uh and then there's also the summer murder game favorite squid game um which also had like this weird like people didn't get it <laughs> right like people were yeah. like having real squid games or having parties and not understanding that this was a critique on like capitalism yeah and, it wasn't like, like a fun party game <laughs> it's not opportunity that. so when i see that there's like split reviews i totally get it because i'm not surprised that people miss the point that happens and that's why we yeah. exist right um yeah. and i think this film sits happily in the family of films that calls out our culture's issues while also being ridiculed in real time for doing just that um which means we really like it <laughs> so yeah. um yeah i would say this is like one of ghoul's favorite films and it's i mean for people who are like it's not horror it is horrific like the world yeah. is gonna be like it's gonna explode everyone is going to die this is an apocalypse scenario you can't tell me this isn't horror yeah, like it's, it's a little funny, less like glamorous but... than zombies, but it's still <laughs> Yeah. 
very upsetting in a very visceral way. And I mean, it's tying back to the journalism thing. Like, I think it also ties back to like, what news sources are writing about this negatively and who owns them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And who, who benefits had, yeah, from like, people not watching it? Yeah. <laughs> which is his own world. Uh, which is what I love about it. Um, yeah. So it's like, uh, <laughs> I think it's so interesting, this one. Um, but yeah, I'd say it's definitely horror in that I think people would find this really horrifying and I think people would mm. be afraid. So let's get into what happens in the story and then I'll talk a little bit about why it fits into our category for eco-horror and then we'll send it over to Kat so you can be really afraid. So um, this film follows a graduate student um, named Kate DiBiaschi, who's played by J-Law. Welcome back, babe. Was, I missed you. So excited to have you back. Uh, <laughs> I... Um, saw this interview with Jayla where she was saying like she left because she felt like just everyone was over her and like mm. annoyed by her existence and I was like oh <laughs> I was like I feel that like I know that's why she thinks that because she was like that person who was like I'm down to earth and I'm like funny and cool yeah. and like people were just not having that after a while like it started out she's really cool then it was like never mind and I was like that's my whole brand so I'm so (laughs) glad she's back (laughs) I'm so glad she's returned because now I'm like redemption arc um so Kate (laughs) DiBiaschi back to my point uh discovers a comet and it's a celebratory event uh until they realize it is coming straight for earth it is larger than a meteor that annihilated the dinosaurs and it'll be arriving soon like in six months soon, hmm. very soon. Uh, and you learn this immediately. And you might think as a viewer, like, wow, what a weird way to begin this film. We already know that the earth is in peril, but there's so much more to explore because that's just like this jump off point of like, yes, for a fact, you should be afraid that the world is going to end. Now let's try to do something about it. And that's when the chaos happens. So these two astronomers, so it's the grad student, and then their professor, Dr. Randall Mindy, played by Leo DiCaprio, uh, phenomenally, um, (laughs) did a great job. (laughs) Um, They do what any human who discovers such literally earth-shattering news uh, would do. They bring it to the folks in charge. And for this film, it's a comical, though uh, not entirely off-base or impossible, right-wing parody mashup of, like, Trump, Biden, Hillary Clinton kind (laughs) of person. Like, it's... it's, She's very American. (laughs) I I was like, is she the president right now? Because that's what I feel like. Um, Yeah. So it's President Orlean, and they're played by Meryl Streep, again, amazingly. Uh, And... She's absurd and honest and just, like, again, too real. And the astronomers are, like, the whole beginning of the film, they're, like, struggling to figure out, like, how they're even going to tell, like, the president, Mm -hmm. like, the world is going to end. Like, how do you tell people the world is going to end? So they're freaking out. Uh, (laughs) Leo's, like, having panic attacks in the bathroom. Like, they are just not being able to to handle that pressure. And then they bring it to the people in charge. and they're like, the world is going to end. And they are met with a PR prep meeting that mm-hmm. requires them to reduce the 99.9% likely impact to roughly 70%. So to not instill a panic. Uh, and they're told to sit tight and assess. And again, we're in the middle of a pandemic that started much the same way. So when yeah. those in charge knew about the pandemic before it hit here, uh, before it took so many lives that it did, and they 
kept it so that they wouldn't have the same thing. So it's absurd that it's like a meteor. And like, I get that that's fun, funny to be like, how absurd that they wouldn't take that seriously. But it's like, they, they didn't take this seriously. I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. There are a few moments in the film, like, I'm not going to like, give a lot of this away because I want you to go watch it. Um, mm. But there are a few moments in the film where you feel a sense of like completion of like hope. Um, and you're like, maybe people aren't as bad as we think they are. And then of course, <laughs> uh, you come to your senses when we're given indisputable, indisputable truth and they still do what they do. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cause capitalism rears its ugly head again and again in this film over and over um as it does in many of our <laughs> episodes and i won't spoil again i won't spoil the film but i really want everyone to know that people are trash always and forever um <laughs> and that is like the theme of this film and just know there's like all these ups and downs there's a lot of absurdity and i totally get like older generations being like how dare you say that we're like this but i'm like you are a dog. Um, there's also a concert featuring Ariana Grande singing a song, asking people to like look up. It's an absurd song, but it's actually pretty catchy. Um, but it's more like, you know, wake up mm -hmm. to what's going on around us. And all when I was watching this scene, like and I was watching this whole concert happening, I was like, okay, what we need is to connect Ariana with Greta Thunberg and make an awesome climate change concert to raise funds and awareness. I was like, that's the only way that we're gonna get through to the masses, honestly. Like, make it really cool. Like, we, we've had so many, like, concerts with different singers and performers for different issues. Why not climate change? Yeah, just, like, take all the energy that went towards the When We Were Young festival yeah. in Las Vegas and then just throw climate change in there. And all the millennials with all their existential dread will just be like, yeah. Yeah. Like, heck yeah. I love this. <laughs> um... <laughs> Let's fix it, right? And it, I think it, the problem with it is that it's it is really absurd. Um, so it's like it's a it's a, an over dramatization of what's really happening. But we should have the same sense of urgency, and mm -hmm. I think that's like what people are missing. So there's so much that is really ridiculous about this film. Um, but I never really felt like the reactions and how people were interacting were too absurd. Um, mm -hmm. Even in like even some of the things that were really, really wild. Like, uh, even when Jonah Hill, uh, who plays uh, the president's son, who's also, like, the head of, <laughs> like, the, I don't know, he's some kind the of secretary chair. Secretary of something. Secretary of state or something. And, like, it's clear there's, like, nepotism there. And that is, like, a, you know, a jab at the Trump uh, presidency. Like, even that, I was like, okay, that's, like, he's ridiculous and stupid, but... <laughs> had that we just had that um like even from the morning talk show and like i geeked out because i actually used to watch live with regis and kelly like religiously in my early college years and i don't know why um and i saw <laughs> her like go through that change where she ended up like on her show now because now it's live with kelly because we're just uh, yeah it's gone um but even like to the celebrities and the obsession with what is trending and like how glued we are to social media and like what's hot and not wanting to wallow in that i was yeah. like that feels really weird and i or like really genuine and 
throughout the film, characters learn of the state of the world, like uh, what the future future is, and that it's going to end. And their immediate reactions are very honest. Like they vomit or they panic. There's fear. There's like confusion. There's like the like uh, doubt or like all the, all the all the stages of like grief they're going through. Um, but then their co coping mechanisms kick in, and you see as they're like grasping for straws, trying to find literally any excuse or explanation that does not point to the entire world dying in the span of an evening. Um, and it was outrageous and entertaining, but it's also terrifying because it felt really honest to reality right now. You know, because yeah. like I said, we're coming fresh out of the Trump presidency and I don't get surprised by the stupidity, the eager blindness and the insane misinformation campaigns that we have. To me, that's just America. That's yeah. what it is. And that's what it's always been. Right. Um, so it's easy to compare uh, the response within and outside of the film to our world's response to the COVID-19 pandemic. And I don't know if that's entirely what their direct like <laughs> causality was right like to be like this is about that um i think that just happens to be what happens as well but i mean how many news reporters political figures social media celebrities and other important faces have severely impacted this pandemic with misinformation suppression of life-saving information and other insane ideologies like yeah, we've I mean, seen it, it in action yeah, it's just kind of like a trend, uh, specifically like just to uphold the status quo and not delve into anything that's even vaguely inconvenient because uh, they don't want to instill panic because panic stops work. There's mm -hmm. this inherent need that like the necessity for work is built upon the per like continuation of what is normal or status quo, and if that yeah. doesn't exist, like. If the war, if people are like a giant, no one's going to go to work for the next six months. Yeah. And they don't want that. Um, so. Because they'd rather pretend it doesn't exist. And yeah. like, and money plays a really big part in it too. But it's also like, there's always the tactic. And we've talked about this on our show before of like the apocalypse scenarios and how I've said like 1984 has surveillance and everything, but Brave mm -hmm. New World had like, we're going to placate the masses with just enjoyment in hedonistic like love right so it's yeah. like with this that was exactly what it is like instead of them panicking and instead of controlling them in this way that's like listen to us it was like oh look there's something fun happening over here like did you hear about ariana's characters breakup and like yeah they just or like even just seeing any of the news interactions like how they would try to like swerve it like we don't want to get too like dark and sad on our show like we like to keep it light and happy it's a morning show and it's like the world is gonna end yeah <laughs> okay um and so i think that's like just representative of people in power trying to keep the masses in line and the only way to do that is to not let them actually know that it is something to be afraid of and to distract yeah <laughs> um, I felt really close to uh, Lawrence's Kate DiBiaschi, uh throughout the film in, in just like how she her character just like doesn't ever hold it down like she's never like keeping it quiet and she gets in trouble and that's a really funny part of the film too is that she's always getting in trouble for like giving out too much information but like if I was in that position I would be doing the same thing I'd be like this is ridiculous 
this is ridiculous that I can't tell everyone that we're going to die in six months. And she has like these cries for attention for anyone to literally just acknowledge the severity of the situation. And it felt so much like Kat and me every week on this podcast. And Kate has a breakdown on TV. Uh, uh, not Kat. Kate, um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like we, though we are always close to one of those, um, where she shouts, uh, you should stay up all night, every night crying when we're all 100% for sure going to F and die. And I felt that in my soul. Cause I want to say, I'm pretty sure that's what we're yelling. Like every week is that we're 100% dying all the time and no one is doing anything about it. Um, and so I don't know what we're missing or what she's missing or why people aren't listening, but it felt like I was like, oh, my God, is he like in our head? Does he know who we are? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Director McKay, what are you doing? Uh, the other part of this thing is that uh, the film isn't too far off with its science. Uh, and that is thanks in part to director McKay's uh, insisting they have an astrotech advisor um, named Amy Mainzer. And Mainzer is the principal investigator for NASA's NEOWISE, I won't spell it all out, NEOWISE mission, which is tasked with finding and categorizing near-Earth objects, the NEOs. It's like NEOs. Um, yeah. To find out if they're here. So she knows what she's doing. So she worked on set and she even helped to write. And um, this film obviously isn't just about comet, comets and astrology. It's more about climate change and our world's willful ignorance to the impending disaster. Um, and it's like, no, a comet is not coming to kill off all life. But that doesn't mean it isn't also a danger um and that the earth isn't already in danger right yeah um all these things that we hold dear and sadly take for granted are at risk as we continue in our destructive course like we've been saying this entire series um there are so many things that we do that are harming the environment that it's not happening in six months but it is happening pretty soon um and that's what the creators are aiming for they want you to feel the doom as if it is happening tomorrow, not hundreds or thousands of years from now. They want you to yeah. feel it like it's happening, right? They want you to feel like it's a comet coming out of space. Um, and more important, I think this film is about science deniers specifically, um, not just, hey, climate change is real. It's people who are so adamant that it isn't and that science should be doubted. Um, and whether that's climate change deniers, anti-vaxxers, or even those who actually don't believe in the horror of space, <laughs> like the fact like, that space yeah. junk, meteors, debris, literally anything that's up there at any time can make its way to us and just incredibly alter life on earth. Um, that's real, but people don't believe it. People think the world is flat. So I <laughs> like the whole thing is like, it's part climate change. It's part how stupid people are. Um, yeah. And McKay has even said, uh, even said after an exclusive screening that he held for scientists, he said, this film is for you, the scientists. We want you to know that some of us do hear you and do want to help fight science denialism. And I was like, dang. <laughs> dang, you got it. Um, it's... <laughs> really because there were like like meteor deniers and the whole like the hat that says like don't look up and it's like look up yeah. it's literally right in the sky that's what we're saying to like be like look at the horizon there you go the earth yeah. is round and they're like we're gonna buy equipment to prove that it's 
it's flat and then they get disproven and they're like it only made me believe harder <laughs> you're like why flat earthers drive me crazy it's wild now they're yeah. all qa non so you never win <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's humanity is interesting <laughs> at the end of the day it also just like had a not climate related realization that hurt um remember new girl and the guy that nick hangs around with that's a professor i look like him um and it was upsetting that. for me he wore scarves uh and was a whole I'm problem sorry. it's okay uh I'll, you'll i'll shout you about it later and you'll be like oh god i'm sorry yeah. you like that it's okay um it's okay. i'd rather you let's just say you look like leo okay yeah i'm like He's <laughs> america's heart throughout always yeah. have been always will be that's why it's fine <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, this, the whole film is very stressful and uh, the sense of urgency is very valid. And I did not know we were not doing spoilers. So I think I probably have some spoilers in my section, but I'll try to not say them. That was my choice. I was just like, I don't want to go through play by play of this film because I really want people to go in and yeah, yeah, yeah. appreciate it. Um, so, th I mean, like everyone knows there's meteor coming first. Um, I think the biggest thing is like, how it's handled the, yeah the the people who are obviously specific people in the world besides mm -hmm. trump obviously um that are <laughs> that flip it all over. i what a crazy twist okay i'm gonna pass it over to you thanks uh so yeah guys I, I, we're talking about don't look up it's really interesting honestly that this got so many bad reviews but that does not shock me um and then like it wasn't a horrible film it wasn't bad it, like literally it was a good film uh mm -hmm. but uh, the biggest thing it seemed that the review stemmed from a fact that the film was calling out something that's very true uh not as gabe said the space rock uh necessarily but climate change um and honestly the biggest thing is that capitalism doesn't want the planet to be saved that america and everything it stands for doesn't want the planet to be saved and that the powers that be would rather listen to the loudest and richest person in the room before they sign off on something that would take money away from those people. Um, and all of that is really upsetting uh, and pretty accurate in terms of like what's happening in the world. And like there was a climate summit recently, which I'll get into, that was like just really ridiculous in that like there was lots of good things that happened, but also was lobbied by or like attend delegated by like a ton of fossil fuel oh, like people gross. and like they were the biggest attendants yeah yeah it's a whole it's a whole bad how time how dare you attend and not learn because <laughs> they don't want people they want to keep influencing it to go the way that it is so that they don't lose money okay. um but essentially yeah like the way the system is currently set up is that it's not set up to listen to scientists. It's not set up to actually do anything urgent about the growing problem that we're facing. It's literally to just continue the status quo because that's what's convenient and that's what makes them money. So, um, honestly, I'll say, like, in the, some ways, this film wasn't radical enough for me because uh, it didn't offer, like, a solution outside the status quo. Like, we all just kind of die and that's sad. I, I mean, that's real. That's probably what would happen. But I feel like the timeline that we have now is a little longer so maybe over you know <laughs> some rat some, some things that need to be taken care of can get taken care of in this time if we rat or if we join together friends um in if we a look up 
<laughs> look up at the sky, look, look, you know, um, but essentially, yeah, uh, there wasn't like, there were some protests, but it, I feel like there was an underestimating of the current activism community that does mm. exist. Um, and that the, like, the, that they probably would be playing more of a role and are currently, um, yeah. And that wasn't necessarily represented in the film. I think, like, the government itself was very accurately represented. There were things that are nauseatingly frustrating about how that was portrayed and that it was so accurate it made you want to scream. Um, but, yeah, in order for this kind of national reckoning to happen, I think there's a sort of understanding that needs to take place to not let this giant rock hit us in the form of climate change. So we essentially need to dismantle the systems that led us to this position in the first place and that that won't be easy. It'll probably be a really, really bad time for a lot of people mm. that making the planet a better place will mean that we need to change our entire understanding of what it is to live on this planet, deprogram a lot of problematic behaviors um, and essentially like mass educate a lot of the population on how to like, take care of themselves in a way that's not subservient to a capitalist system. Um, and that there's like so much deprogramming specifically around the necessity of money and capitalism in itself that needs to take place that we ne rationalize needing to do this without a monetary reward. Um, mm -hmm. because money doesn't exist when the planet is gone, guys. <laughs> and you can't get rich the time. if there's no, if there's no planet to be rich on. <laughs> They say like so many times where they're just like, okay, you, so there's, oh, the, it's going to bring jobs or whatever. It's like, for who? For who? <laughs> for We're all dead. Like, what do you for mean? The space there are debris? no jobs. <laughs> space jobs? Yes. For the rich people to get eaten by dinosaurs. Like yeah. whatever the. Mm. I'm in the middle of the expanse. So yeah. one day we'll do space politics. It'll be good. Yeah. Uh <laughs> But honestly, the most realistic part of this film for me is the fact that the technology to destroy the giant space rock existed and it does fun fact if we get a giant space rock we have the technology to destroy it just like in the film um but if that rock did come for us came for earth while we have the technology to, to destroy it i very much think we would probably go the route that this film portrays in that the space rock can provide jobs for the people that no longer alive because the space rock destroys us. Um, but like that there would be a campaign yeah. made basically making like the population sign off on not destroying the giant space rock because an idiot rich man yelled real loud and decided that the murder rock would provide jobs to these imaginary people that won't exist anymore when the space rock hits us. Um because there's diamonds and other rocks inside of the space rock that are worth <laughs> lots put, of money. Yeah, we put worth on those rocks. Yeah. Worth more than the people on this big rock. Yeah. And they even blatantly admit that they're like, they've sucked this planet dry of all of its natural resources. So like, what other thing can we go get than this space rock filled with natural resources? Um, and that was just really frustrating in yeah. that it was like super accurate and in a nauseating way that made you want to like slam your head into a wall. Um, yes. but our enemy in this current fight for climate change is that man, uh, mm -hmm. is that rich butt hat, because I wrote butt. a curse word, um, <laughs> who literally only sees dollar signs and not like people or the planet or anything in relation to that. So mm -hmm. for, if you don't believe me, there are scientists who really agreed with the portrayal in the f film. Uh, there's a article called, 
I'm a climate scientist. Don't look up captures the madness I see every day by Peter Kalmus in the guardian. Um, and they go into this as a long quote, so I apologize, (laughs) but they say this film is about how humanity would respond to a planet killing comet. It's a film about how humanity is responding to a planet killing climate breakdown. We live in a society in which despite extraordinarily clear present and worsening climate danger, more than half of the Republican members of Congress still say that climate change is a hoax and many more wish to block action and in which the official Democratic Party platform still enshrines massive subsidies to the fossil fuel industry, uh, in which the current president ran on a promise that nothing will fundamentally change (laughs) and the Speaker of the House dismissed even the most modest climate plans as the Green Dream or whatever, um, in which the largest delegation of the COP26 was the fossil fuel industry, which is the climate uh, Mm -hmm. thing I talked about. uh, uh, (laughs) And that the White House sold drilling rights to a huge tract of the Gulf of Mexico after after this climate summit, uh, in which world leaders say that climate change is an ex- existential threat to humanity while simultaneously expanding fossil fuel production, uh, in which major new papers still run fossil fuel ads and climate change news is routinely overshadowed by sports, in which entrepreneurs push an incredibly risky tech solutions and billionaires sell the absurdist fantasy that humanity can just move to Mars. Oh, um, that was all too real. Yeah. It's like, all, and they're, they're okay. In that quote, there are links to all of those things, and that will be in our blog. So you could read that and feel very upset, um, like I did. <laughs> and the reality is pretty glaring, and we likely won't be moving to Mars. I think that's something that like everyone needs to really wrap their mind around. Uh, and also that we won't likely be on the spaceship that takes all the rich people to another planet when this one is decimated. When Wally happens, we stay here. We don't. We yeah. don't get to go to the new planet. It ain't us. <laughs> the people who get to go to the planet is Jeff Bezos and his penis rocket, um, Elon Musk and his penis rocket, um, and any other rich person who decides like they really like the penis rockets and want to go to space because uh, this planet's dead now. Um, so <laughs> the majority of the people will be left behind. We will be left here. And that should outrage people way more than it seems to. Um, something that we cover on our Unearth episode is the danger of fracking and the insistence of doubling down on fossil fuel despite their direct correlation with cl- climate change. And instead of seeking out like new, better energy resources, uh, there is this eerie and terrifying insistence on letting things remain how they are with a blatant disregard for the fact that things that how they are aren't working. Um, the inconvenient truth is that what has been shouted at us by scientists for years, by native populations for years, by climate activists for years, with the same level of shock and disgust when the urgency is laughed off by those in power, has been happening. Like, this has been happening. So the problem I had with this film, while there were some initiatives and led grassroots campaigns for change, they were honestly a little too passive. Like, I feel like the foundation that we have here is doing something and that we just yeah. need to really be paying attention to it and like giving it the resources and making ourselves aware in a way that a lot of people aren't. So um, while there isn't a giant space rock, or I guess like there could be, but we have the technology to get rid of it or whatever. <laughs> uh, well, there is a necessity to move. Uh, and there are some people on the ground moving and I have some of them highlighted in our blog. So we need to support their efforts and 
Speaking of, I actually learned of a strike that's taking place on March 25th from an organization called Friday for Future. Um, They have a lot of information on their website, and I recommend checking it out. But essentially, the gist of it is the catastrophic climate scenario that we are living is a result of centuries of exploitation and oppression through colonialism, extra activism, and capitalism, an essentially flawed socioeconomic model which urgently needs to be replaced. A system where rich nations are responsible for 92% of the global emissions and the richest 1% of the world populations are responsible for double the pollution produced by the poorest 50%. Guided by historical struggles and lived experiences led by the most affected people and areas, we are demanding climate reparations. MAPA includes all territories in the global south, Africa, Latin America, Pacific Islands, etc., as well as marginalized communities, BIPOC, women, LGBTQIA+, people, etc., and that might live anywhere in the world. So I recommend taking a trip to their website as there's lots of resources and next steps available specifically surrounding the strike and also like the activism work that they're doing. Um, and that's soon. That's like next month. Yeah. So. Month, yeah. Just so you know, <laughs> it's actually one of my friend's birthday. So uh, I'll extra nice. remember uh, Travis. Um, <laughs> Shout out. Yeah. Uh, another group that you can support that is on the ground doing the work is Honor the Earth, a native led organization fighting pipelines. They have a website called Stop Line 3 and they provide some an overview of their work. Uh, the existing Line 3 is an Enbridge pipeline that ships crude oil from Alberta to Superior, Wisconsin. It spans northern Minnesota crossing the Leech Lake and Fond du Lac reservations, and the 1855, 1854, and 1842 treaty areas. It is a ticking time bomb. It was built with defective steel in 1961 and has numerous ruptures and spills and is running at half pressure because of severe corrosion. Instead of cleaning up this liability, Enbridge wants to simply abandon it and the ground forever and cut a new, brand new energy corridor through the best lakes, wetlands, and rice bed fields at the heart of the Ojibwe ter- Treaty Territory. And first, this, they first proposed this new route for the Sandpiper Pipeline in 2013, but years of fierce resistance in Minnesota drove them to cancel that project and buy a share in Dakota Access Pipeline instead. Um, these organizations are on the ground fighting for change, and they are just two of the many out there. I highly recommend doing your own research as well as checking out our ways to help, um, just to make sure that you're not a passive bystander in the destruction of our planet. There are so many things that can be done in this ongoing fight, and there are calls to action and resources out there as well as in our ways to help, and we strongly recommend checking them out. Um, having a radical Twitter is stressful. Yes, there's lots of people you can follow on Twitter. Fun fact. Uh, that's also in the ways to um, and while that is very stressful, it's also super validating that your perception of the state of the world is not just some dystopian future b- being imagined in a film. It's something that is real and actually happening. Um, and if you want to be really devastated by understanding the urgency we're facing, I recommend checking out climateclock.world. Um, and its own right <laughs> is a countdown much like we see in Don't Look Up. Specifically, instead of six months, we have seven years to get our acts together. According to the climate clock, this website lists actionable items, next steps to take to prevent this climate disaster from getting worse. And honestly, as horrifying as that number is, it does kind of put everything in perspective and feels like better than six months. (laughs) So it's like a little bit more time. You know, we got a little bit more time uh, to figure this out. So Uh, that's not a lot of time. Oh, yeah. By no means. By no means is it a lot of time. Should we all be crying ourselves to sleep because everything's going to explode? Yes. 
yes but also that doesn't help 100% yeah um but like what we really need to be doing is one like listening to the people who are doing the work listening to like on the climate clock website there are like three steps one is like divesting in fossil fuels and other like non-helpful emission kind of like energy producers i think is what like what it is um as well as like listening to native populations who like have been taking care of this planet and like have like there's lots of detailed information on their website about that um and there was a third one that i just can't remember right now but essentially like there are lots of things we can be doing it's not as devastating as giant space rock in terms of it's not happening right now we don't have six months to live we have seven years to get it Um, together before it's it's too late to get it together yeah and uh, they're essentially i think what this film was trying to do is create and instill that sense of urgency and in some ways it did i think like for a lot of people it might have woken them up it might have kind of like as this episode did allowed us to learn a lot more stuff than we did yesterday (laughs) i think when we started the series like we had an idea uh but maybe not to the extent and devastation level that it's at currently. Yeah. I think it was more like we wanted to kind of explore how terrifying nature is and that like what we, like we knew, we know that the world is, is like in detriment because of us. Um, But we learn while we're, trying to teach you all <laughs> like we're, yeah. we're also like actively educating ourselves and it's one of the parts that I love about what we do and hopefully you all are enjoying it too but I really appreciate Kat like your that outlook that there are people on the ground already doing work because that definitely wasn't present like it just was like everyone sucks and <laughs> uh no one like it would take you know, it being right there in front of our faces for us to realize it. And it it is completely ignoring people who are already out there and doing that. Um, but there's also like, there is like this defeatist part of it that um, is really interesting. And there's, when I was watching it, there's like this uh, rumor that there, which we all have, like we all have this same mythology that <laughs> there's a ship, like an ark, uh-huh. right? That will take all the rich people away. Uh, and protect them. And when I was watching, I was like, when I heard that, I was like, what if there's a film <laughs> where uh, you, where we think the world is ending, and uh-huh. not like, especially from a natural disaster, we think it's at the, you know, the end where we can't do anything to fix it. Maybe it's up against the seven year situation. And all the rich people are like, okay, well, we found out, you know, we found this Goldilocks planet, we're gonna go terraform it, and they get in the ship and they leave. And then the world doesn't end and we are just so much better off because all of those are <laughs> gone are gone, and we can actually yeah. do the work that we need to do. And I was like, what a lovely world. And I was, um, I think that would be a really great movie and we should make it. <laughs> I, um, I, well, I was like talking to our friend, Wimoto Nayoka of Dusky Projects about that. And I was talking about just like this whole series and she got really excited because she was saying she just watched this um, video in this like conference about uh, from the Natural Resources Defense Council that held this like uh, conversation about 
climate change emotions or climate emotions in film and TV. And they called it more than a feeling. And they had this like contest where they had all these different people write. Um, and it was generally BIPOC people writing, um, yeah. essentially called rewrite the future where they were writing like these future, like an Afro future and future visions. Mm-hmm. But the goal was uh, to highlight a problem and then show how we fixed it. So not yeah. like to be defeatist of like, okay, yeah, climate change is real. It really sucks. And now the world's over. It was like not, it was like an anti-apocalypse. It was like the earth, like the sun, like we were running out of, you know, our ozone layer. The sun is here. What do we do? Like, how do we, you know, strive? And so they're actually, she said there was, cause I told her that I was like, what if we had this scenario? She was like, there was a story in it that one that was about, the rich people just like wally off the planet yeah. <laughs> and then we make it better. Cause we're like, Oh good. We don't have to have capitalism anymore. And like the wealth can be redistributed cause it's make believe wherever they're going to. Yeah. And, like they'll like, take it with them. Yeah. Instead of like five people in the world having like 80% of the wealth, everyone has the wealth and we can fix it for each other. And it was like, it was so exciting to see. And I was like, okay, so clearly the thought is there and there's other people who feel this way. And yes, we need to 100% make it. I got to write this whole thing. Um, but it, it was what I really appreciated from the, this NRDC uh, thing was this idea of like, it isn't as like world ending as like it is like we need to, f- feel important about it but the fact is that it's not like already done like it's not over right the battle is still happening we have more than six months we can still do it we can still make a change and i think like for this whole series the biggest thing that we have been trying to say and what we do whenever we have our show notes is that there are ways to change it there are like we don't we want you to feel sad we want you to acknowledge (laughs) that these are really horrible horrifying things but we also want you to acknowledge that you can play a role in fixing that, whatever the issue is. And in this case, it happens to be climate change or, um, you know, overhunting or uh, just any of the millions of things covered in this eco-horror section. Um, yeah. It's really terrifying, but it also is something we can change. Yeah, and we have to ultimately. Like, it's a matter of accountability, too, because that's something I think that, like, liberals get called out a lot on the fact that, like, they recognize that things are horrible, but then are like, but that's just, it's horrible. And it's like, no. Yeah, no, acknowledging it's not is, just, like, is like a part of the battle. Yeah, but like, okay, it's horrible. Now do something. And especially, like, I think, like, when tying it back to, like, native populations, or it's like, they're like, you can't just you did this like not you specifically but like what colonialism did this imperialism did this white people did this uh and that you can't just be like it sucks all right oh no you did it it's your spot you need to fix it or like get out of the way so that it can be fixed it's like oh you can't it's it's one thing to be like yes the world's a horror people are trash it's devastating it's super upsetting yes but there needs to be next steps and i think that's the one thing that i think this film started a lot of conversations but it hit in a similar way for me in that like there needs to be next steps mm-hmm. you can't just you're it's already hard to find the information what would have been really yeah. great is if at the end of the film there was a list of websites that you could go to organizations you could support at like stuff like that i think that would be or like educational Absolutely. documentaries that you can watch 
suggested by Netflix after you finished watching Don't Look Up. Um, yeah. And I think that's like what I hope our show acts as in a sense. Um, but we have 600 followers on Twitter. 666. Yeah. So, I mean, I, we we have an audience, um, but is it big enough? So it's like, yeah, I just kind of hope that, that we start to get the ball rolling because there are people out there doing it uh, and they need to be supported and we need to not be quiet about it because being quiet about it is how the rock hits us. Yeah. And, you know, for like, you know, Adam McKay to say like, we this film is for you scientists. So, you know, that we're not all science deniers. And it's like, yeah. We're not, <laughs> right? We're not. There's a lot of us out here who are not. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, I, I think education and information is a part of the campaign to help the earth. And mm-hmm. there is like the bare minimum is just acknowledging that it's in jeopardy. And that we do have a great population around the world that is not doing that. Um, it is actively working to give misinformation so that people cannot acknowledge uh, the severity of the situation. So Mm -hmm. it definitely does work in that way. But I agree, like, there are, not everyone can be us. (laughs) Not everyone can, you know, be putting in that work. And that's, like, why we exist and why I always have problems with certain documentaries is, like, you just make us feel sad and then it's, like, okay, what? Like, okay, what do we do? And I get it. Children are sad. And the the friggin' NRA sucks, but now what? <laughs> yeah, like there needs to be an actual <laughs> next step, otherwise nothing are. will change. Um, and you, you can't, you have to expect some things from people, but you can't expect them to find the right resources with the way the internet works right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the fact that there is a lot of misinformation out there is not wrong, <laughs> um, and I think it is irresponsible to expect people to find the right resource, like to not provide any next steps for people. Um, If you have that information, share it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, if you are a uh, climate change activist, or if you're working on any campaigns similar to the uh, event that's happening for Fridays for future, any of those, um, if you're out there and you're doing the work, let us know. Um, we'd love to, yeah, Amplify. shout it out. Yeah. Tell people what's going on. Educate us. We'd love to, to learn more. So if there's information that you know, you know you can uh, send it to us, ghoulsnextdoor at gmail.com. You can visit us on our website as well, ghoulsnextdoor.com. Uh, and let us know like what we can be doing because part of our work is that we're educating but we can also be out there we can try to make a future because it is really scary this whole series is like do we ever want to spawn children <laughs> yeah <laughs> and bring them into this world that's really like it's not looking bright all the time uh it doesn't look like there's gonna be but it's seven years it's like how many years does this kid get <laughs> yeah no i mean it's super real and <laughs> devastating um but there are things we can be doing we have seven years seven years is better than six months Mm -hmm. put some optimism on it uh and it's just irresponsible to not do anything about it because otherwise you're bringing children into the world to literally just die and that sounds pretty sad so we're gonna do stuff about it that's what we have to do or put this climate clock on our website or something you know scare people but productively (laughs) yeah yeah uh and 
Yeah, I mean, also Stopline 3 has a next steps thing where you can kind of say like what you're willing to do uh, when you're like filling out a call to action. It's like, are you willing to be in the front lines? Are you willing to like go support these protests? Or are you willing to like call people, host an event, educate, stuff like that? So there's also like a lot of next steps that exist there. Um, yeah, we're just going to keep doing it. I expected me to be way more tired today and not do <laughs> This much of the talking, but here we are. Yeah, we a did a great it. job, and I, I learned so many things. Uh, that's why I love the show. Um, <laughs> hopefully, you you all love it too. Uh, tell your friends. Maybe they'll get inspired. Definitely check out the film. Don't look up. It is long, but it doesn't yeah. feel like that because you're really like, oh, God, like what? Like every time you're like, okay, the movie should be over now because we figured it out. We're moving to the next thing, and then you're like, oh, okay, no, the world yeah. just sucks. Got it. Um, yeah. And it was, like, I even, like, teared up a little in the end because it just really yeah. felt like that really is how it is sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you're just looking and you're like, you know, you we the best we can say is that we tried our best. Yeah. And just make sure that you can say that at the end, right? Yeah. Um, so do it. Uh, <laughs> um, and definitely check out the the video um, to uh, watch for the, the like, the panel that was discussing those different stories and everything. Yeah. Um, and share with me anything like that. Cause I think it's super exciting. Um, but with that being said, don't get married. I like your kids. You have them. Are you leaving behind? How's your, how's your spot going to go? The planet's gone. <laughs> yeah. Where are you going to spawn? Um, yeah. Do it. Yeah, like the, I still love the um, snacks. <laughs> he is the attorney general for the government. That's what he charges for snacks. That's what capitalism is. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what capitalism. It's like the planet. It's it's here. We shouldn't we shouldn't have to pay for the. It's stu- free. It's Water free. Is free. Yeah. <laughs> Air is free. Yeah, but it's but it but existing is free. Your house free all this should be free he's a secretary of state but he charged for snacks he didn't have to charge for snacks they were free that's that's everything here everything is free and they charge us for snacks and the snacks is life yeah (laughs) connect the dots okay bye if you want i can quickly add like a goatee to myself i probably could easily do that that's if you want to There's God, she's a man again. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god, it's so good already. It's ridiculous. Because <laughs> I already look like him because we're both just white people. <laughs> how do you how do you think I did? Did I did I capture your, your <laughs> yeah. essence? Did I get you? Almost too uncanny. Are we related? <laughs> a part of the prop. I look just like this man. <laughs> it's a little ridiculous, but it's there. Yeah. I love it. Thanks, I love man. It. Thanks. 
my beard connects, so. <laughs> it's fine, I forgive you. 